0: This is Fintech Cappuccino, your Saturday morning podcast with a pinch of espresso on the why and how of Fintech. The show is hosted by Brian van Wachem, CEO of Redsnap, and I'm Connie Dorstein, founding
1: partner of Bankify. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Fintech Cappuccino Live from Money 2020 in 2022. It's, um, it's a great atmosphere. Uh, there are literally thousands of people and I'm so happy to have two great guests, Jane Longinova and Anand Sambesivan. Connie. What yes. will be the topic, actually, what we're going to discuss? Oh,
0: well, you know, I, as I say, baby, it's cold out there. You know, there's a cold wind blowing. 2021 was an unprecedented year in terms of fintech funding, but it came to a rough end in the first quarter of 22 when public tech companies saw a real downward adjustment. And one could only wait for that sediment to trickle through into the private funding sector. And so then we also see rising interest rates, well, which have a, an impact, obviously positive impact on the bank as they have more income, but it will also negatively impact fintechs whose business models are based on you know, excessive and nearly free capital. Consumers and businesses need more credit, fintechs have been good at deploying that, so we'll see a lot of movements. Interesting. Um, yeah. And so a lot has happened even in the last four to six weeks. So I thought, let's pull these two great people who are standing there with their feet in the mud into this podcast so we can talk about, you know, what's the impact, uh, which segments will do better, what happens to valuations, and most importantly, what advice would you give founders and investors, you know, because downsides also give great opportunities. Uh, but, you know.
1: So, so do we uh, a short round of introduction to uh, the uh, listeners interest. to who is Jane and who is on. Jane.
2: Hello, uh, my name is Jane, logging over. I'm a Chief Strategy Officer at BPC. BPC is a payments technology company uh, operating on a B2B white label basis supplying banks, processors, acquirers and other players in the, uh, in the fintech or financial uh, sphere with technology to run their payments business. So anybody from a digital bank or an agency bank uh, in be it Cambodia or other 100 countries where we're present in, I can use our software to make payments. Hello.
3: Hi, I'm Anand. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Primary Bid, and Primary Bid is a fintech. Company that allows individuals access to the primary market. So you think of an IPO, which stands for initial public offering, but it almost feels like nowadays people think it means important people only, and <laughs> and we're reversing that and we're bringing it back to to uh, to what it's supposed to mean. You know, as a company, we ourselves have raised over a quarter of a billion dollars for our for our balance sheet through uh, investors like SoftBank, Edo Sophia, and many others, and. Uh, I think this is a very topical podcast and I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it.
0: Well, we're going to start with you, then, Anna. You've made the point. Now you're going to have to eat it. You know what is the state of the nation? What are are we seeing? What's been happening lately?
3: Ah, nothing really. It's just been pretty smooth sailing. Don't lie to us. Don't (laughs) don't
1: lie to us.
3: Look, it's um, who's surprised? Who's surprised? I mean, this is long time coming. You know, uh, since '08, we've had QE going on. We've had uh, you know very, very, very low interest rate environments. You've had now a lot of people with a lot of government money in their pockets and you know if we were uh, sort of stirring an inflation concoction these would be the ingredients you you throw into it and i don't think anybody's really surprised I, and hopefully many people are prepared for it and the thing that's shocking at least shocked me was this notion of just how quickly uh, the institutional risk landscape has shifted. It was this precipitous decline, almost overnight. And one of my heroes, uh, you know, Bill Gurley at Benchmark, I heard him say, "Look, it's like a, it's like a sine curve. It's not like a sine curve, which is just risk on, risk off, but it's almost like a, a sawtooth, where there's been this long period of risk on from the institutions, yeah. and it's just fallen off a cliff. And yeah. that's the world we're, we're in right now."
2: Yeah. But I think maybe just to add to that, it's, um, yeah, I agree in terms of who's surprised. I agree that the conversations about the recession and the sell-off have been going on for the past uh, few years, especially with the tech valuations being at the unprecedentedly high levels and maybe unjustifiably so in uh, many cases. But I think the particular, you know, what's so special about the current downturn is the, you you know, is are all the kind of negative events that are in the same basket that are in a way fueling it, and we have never lived through them before. So there is still the COVID repercussions, and there's still ultimately, you know, zero COVID policy in China. That's only, totally, I think, last week started um, easing. Yeah. There is a war in Europe. Uh, there is, you know, double-digit inflation expectations in the states, um, inequality, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Anticipation of hunger in Africa. So. All all of that is fueling the, um, you know, the roller coaster, but ultimately, kind of one way at this stage um, in the public market, and I think the conversation that's been going. Um just to take uh, kind of Anand's point further, we've all seen the uh, major sell-off in the public markets, which again, especially in the tech sector, uh, which again could have, uh, where the valuations have been potentially unjustifiably high um, last year. And that has, you know, some, for a lot of investors now, is kind of the right time to buy. Although a lot are still expecting a further push downwards but then the question comes to the private markets right because still you know the Klanas the Stripes um, they have all raised money at the kind of super high valuations and there is still expectations of certain kind of startups that are coming in uh, now or have been in a way preparing for the fundraising rounds now to you know be it in an arrogant or non-arrogant way, maybe justifiably so from their perspective, to get super um, you know, super high valuations, right? And uh, I don't think they will be there. Actually, earlier today, I was listening to a session of John Collison from Stripe, where the uh, guy, his interviewer from The Economist asked him, do you think that if you were to raise money now, would you still be kind of at the 90 billion valuation? And he said, well, I don't know. And I think he made the right point, which I'm sure we're going to discuss further on, is just that what the investors are looking at now, you know, you can still raise money now, um, and I've had it confirmed, but you really need to come with the right pitch, which should very quickly get to some sort of profitability. If previously, um, it was the, like always in good times, it's a story, the founder story, the big dream that sells well, Um, I think people were already impatient, uh, getting from the dream to a plan to the result, Uh, I think now any pitch will be expected to get to some sort of sustainability, profitability on a page 3 rather than like page 33. Page 33. And what
0: is interesting there as well is, um, we had this discussion uh, uh, earlier this morning, is that this whole notion of ARR is also yet to be defined, because what people put in ARR every now and then is absolutely ridiculous and they've already you saw already a trend about six weeks ago I already saw the literature seeping in where they said well we're not counting consumer-based ARR anymore because consumers do something this week and and not the next so they're not it's not really recurring revenue so we only look at ARR multiples in the in the B2B space so it's going to be
1: a very interesting time But, but is it is it worldwide
3: the same or is this a western point of view I think it's a global phenomenon. And look, there's there's a lot around this, right? You've got the rules of the game have been changed overnight by the investors. And the investors set the rule of the game the first time around. They said, growth at any cost, go make it happen. We're going to give you great valuations. And that's what companies ended up doing. And then... 2 minutes later okay well now it's it's done where this now we we care about path to profitability which is all fine and good but companies need to then readjust to the new reality yeah. and that's you know and, and there's a lot around that around what you said around ARR's which is non-standardized there's, there's so much in private which is non-standardized i mean absolutely this 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 notion of public market valuations, you know, uh, sort of directly correlating or, or, or perfectly correlating to private also is, is not exactly true or shouldn't nope. exactly be true. They operate on different operating systems, okay. you know the round I just did, I had part of it done um, as c PREF and part of it done as ORDS. Now I could have said I want it done as all liquidation preference c with participation rights, with interest rate on it, and I could have just juiced up my valuation, but that would have been wrong for our company, would have been wrong for our stakeholders, and you know we weren't out there to maximize every value on on this and I will never disclose primary bids valuation as a private it, company because it, it doesn't make sense to do no. so. No, and, and what but,
0: is in interesting, on that note, we had a dinner last night um, with Augmentum, and we spoke about this, because as much as people, probably founders, sort of fear and feel like, I have no choice, I've just got to accept whatever people throw at me, and a bit like a dog looking for a bone, uh, at the same time, you will also see now that for fintech founders, how important it is that you did look for investors that match your style of company and your type of profile or so you see companies who or investors who sort of are over buoyant and throw money and stories and big words at you like they do a lot on the west coast but you also see companies that have more slightly more uh, supportive or patient capital that stick with their portfolio companies. So I think that is another truth that founders are going to experience now.
1: But, uh, but, but <laughs> I mean, Jane, I've got a question for you. So is it just like okay? Dear entrepreneur, your valuation is lower than you thought. Get over it. And the world just goes by and turns around and we we all move on. Or is it worse, you think?
2: Look, I think um, it's, uh, you know, it's a free market and everybody needs to find their right partner, similar to what kind of Connie has said. So if you're an entrepreneur who is a believer in the business and you're not there just to make a quick buck, like as there used to be like a, you know, a few years ago, kind of happy, happy. I think it was your um, term—a sort of, uh, sort of movement where you know the idea was to make some sort of an app and you know sell it and whatever billions to say a Facebook and then get out and then do another one. If you are building a business that you is a good business that you're confident in its proposition and that it's going to withstand the time, then uh, you need to find yourself an investor who will be with you through thick and thin. Right? So. I mean, maybe not the right comparison because he's in kind of public markets. But, you know, when Warren Buffett at like in 1970s was like, you know, lost whatever uh, of his um, investment, he kind of stuck through it. And, you know, he picks the companies that he believes in and then he kind of goes with it. So I think on the entrepreneur side, you need to find the, uh, again, the right partner for you to go. And also, if, for instance, you were to raise money now, and uh, of course, you may be, um, you will not necessarily get the valuations that were available last year but it also comes to the point of what do you need if you still need funding and you think this is the right brand or the name of the investor for you, you know, um, you get in now, hopefully your business kind of grows whatever 50-60, you know, I'm saying percent like at a very optimistic level, but then inherently your valuation will kind of grow with it. It will not necessarily follow the market multiples, but it will still, you know, your business will grow and hence your valuation will grow with it. Yeah. So, I would say it's always, uh, you always need to think why you are kind of doing something right and um However, of course, uh, there are still a generation of entrepreneurs who are there for, you know, like uh, a quick buck and a big buck. And then you just need to find, again, like uh, either sit it out right now, maybe get some, I don't know, just a loan from a bank and then wait for when the market's turn if they ever get to those same valuations. Yeah. But you just need to, I think, be, I think now is the time we kind of re- you, like always really, but you need to just be honest with yourself, right? <laughs> so what is it that you want to do? If yourself? if you're doing a business where you want to get to a certain level and sell it there's one story and one type of investor if you want a business where you really believe in your idea but you think maybe the market does not really understand it that well then maybe you go like a SPAC way or something and then try to grow through that and then do another finding round which will be kind of different so just it depends on what you as an entrepreneur how big you are in the game for how long you're in the game and also depends on your kind of product if you think it's something that sticks and not kind of fickle, um, then, you know, yeah. it's like in marriage, you know, you effectively, eventually, you, know, you, you may date all sorts of people, but effectively, eventually, you should ideally marry somebody <laughs> who you kind of, you know, who suits who, who on what suits you want purpose. in life, right? So. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, on that point, Jane. I'm um.
1: <laughs> discuss marriages here. In the
0: port, oh, I see two very pale men. <laughs> so. I'm, happy, I'm happily married by the way. <laughs> She's very happily married, <laughs> exactly. And now, on the point of valuation, what is a valuation in the private market? What is actually the real value of it? Because if the valuation now evaporates, it evaporates. Is it a shackle that sits around your leg and that you've got to drag with you? Or are there ways you can free yourself from it?
3: I tend not to think too hard about my valuation right if you look at primary bid and you look at most companies out there we did a series c round so i've got a series c line of stock i've got a series b line of stock i've got a series a line of stock and i've got ordinary shares or common shares they all got a different valuation to it and you know the thing and it's it's the thing that everyone talks about gets intense levels of airtime and and Ooh. frankly i think the things that really matter for a younger company or just about to enter growth stage company is who are your investors around you and what sort of synergies do you have with them and what sort of collaboration do you have with them? Totally, you know, second Jane's point, this company needs to outlive us all, right? That's the, yeah. That is the definition of, a, of, a, of an amazing company. And if I look at our investors, you know, we're kind of a unique beast, right? So, we don't actually have financial investors, even if you think of uh, the venture guys or the growth guys like SoftBank and Hedosophy and all of it, they're strategic, right? They're a top-of-funnel yeah. provider of, of deal flow, of IPOs, of follow-ons. Of, you know, We can do work with them on blocks. And then we've got the CVC guys, right? So whether it's AB and Amro or Fidelity Strategic Ventures, yeah. we have an amazing relationship with them and it's opening up opportunities. And then we have actual strategic companies like London Stock Exchange Group, where you can work with them with Refinitiv on our cap table. And, Every single one of our investors, our shareholders, all the way from you know, the financial guys down to the CVCs, the, the, the strategics, and even the angels, we have really powerful dialogues on, on how we can work together and expand the company. And I see them all as partners that have conviction in primary bid, understand what we're trying to build, not for today or tomorrow, but forever, yeah. and um, will, will help us achieve that goal. Yeah.
1: Okay. I've got actually two questions. One for you, one for you. But um,
3: first, Jane,
1: I understand what you told about if you're a good company, your intention, are you in for the long haul, etc. But what if you just started a company and you have funding for the next 12 months? What should you do now?
2: Well, look, I mean, again, that comes down to the point that if you're a true believer that you're going to have... You know, depending on what your product, and that you, if you want to, if you're convinced you're going to build a company that's going to would leave us all um, then look i would be banging on every on any and every door that's available so you, i would go to depending on which sector you're in i mean to the vcs that operate in that particular sector maybe even go kind of strategic yeah. um, so look I, I don't necessarily have a game plan but again like if you're, if you're a believer in your project go yeah. everywhere try to, but i would say cutting costs is probably it's a dangerous thing so maybe like not necessarily because you still want to develop you still want to show traction Um, you don't want to put it all on hold I don't know but it's like get family money (laughs) friends and family Um, and and fools yeah get get, basically go everywhere and get what you can but I would not necessarily say cut costs well maybe like get a you know if you don't need an assistant or like a secretary or like a car but I assume like a new company doesn't have all that so just take all of that out but don't get the from your kind of actual focus, your business focus because ultimately any investor will say it's in the times of adversity, it's the showing of the resilience uh, and going through these times that uh, that's when the new champions are being made, which is actually like now, talking about slightly bigger companies of course, now is a kind of unprecedented time in terms of again, uh, the type of sell-off we're experiencing, but you know the recession, um, that gonna likely to be there for a while. Uh, but that's when the new Amazons are going to be made like they were in dot com bubble
3: the garage. Well yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know um, and early stage companies are always in a time of Mm -hmm. adversity. It's not now suddenly they're early early stage companies are tell me about it. Are are yeah, they're constantly struggling and there is no cost to cut. You know, they, they are not affected really badly by this environment. They're, they have their own problems, uh, I would with, agree to that, yeah. in, which they're dealing with. And, and frankly, the funding market for them has not dried up. You know, it's gr- no, it's,
0: it's a, growth stage that is yeah, much more
1: trouble. Also.
3: Yeah, indeed. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I think early stage, they just need to keep doing what they've
1: always done. Okay. So a question for you, Anand. Is the state in now in terms of funding, et cetera, how long do you, nobody knows, of course, but how long do you think it will last? Is there any prediction to be made
3: I mean I, it's very difficult to say I, I think a, a, maybe a better way of answering that question instead of giving a time answer is is almost what do we need to do differently to position ourselves um, in this market right and and the answer I think well I don't know what the answer is I'll tell you what we are doing um, and it's it's sort of what we've always done Done, but we're just focusing on it in a in a very clear way. We're just not getting distracted. You know, I used the word discipline earlier, but it's about having a discipline, and you know, not you know, someone might come with this amazing NFT Web three idea, which requires its own development and monetization strategy and all of it. Which you know, maybe something you you might have considered six months ago. No, right now, right? Yeah, it's not the time for FOMO. Well, yeah, well, it's it's about just just being hyper focused on your business and you know, the party's over. It's, it was a great party. It was a phenomenal party. But we need to stop eating candy floss and start eating some of the broccoli. And yeah. it's going to be good for us. And let's just focus on on getting healthy and creating great businesses.
0: Yeah. One question. Jane, you also run a rather large company. Would you say that this is a good time to pick up some gems and uh, sort of help support them I and rescue them by you know, m and acquisition, whatever. Is this a good time to look out for those companies?
2: Yeah, look, I mean, not necessarily for us. I um, don't think we're, you know, large enough to uh, look at that money. But I think, yeah, overall right now, and that's what kind of big tech is uh, already showing us, that now is a very good time to pick up some gems. Um, and, uh, yeah, but and there's, I don't think there's any time to rush, like, as they're looking uh, at it, you know. They have the time uh, to choose what it is that they want. But, yeah. I think now is obviously the right time to yeah. uh, to buy. And what would it be what what would have your interest what do you
0: still very much believe in?
2: Well, I mean, from my perspective, like uh, for BPC, I would look anything on data. Uh, I would look um, anything uh, maybe to, you know, even like development, to be honest. Like um, you never have enough for developers, so to speak, to uh, materialize all all your dreams. And uh, especially with what's happening in Europe, there is a, uh, you know, there's a lot of good talent out there. So ultimately, if you have the brains, it's like, what was it in the book? in Great. Great to last, to build to great or whatever, from good to great. You know, if you have the right people on the boat, you can then figure out where the boat is sailing. You just yeah. need to pick up the right people.
1: So, when you uh, Anand, the current state, did it change your strategy or are you picking something up or are you have a special eye on?
3: No. I just said we're not getting distracted okay. and we're not getting distracted.
1: So, you're laser focused?
3: Yeah. All right.
0: Yeah, well, I have one question. I asked oh. it earlier today at Money 2022. During the show, the one word answer. Oh, okay. And the um, question is uh, around the table. So I'm going to start with you, Brian. Oh. In these um, sort of times of change. What skill or character should a leader demonstrate right now? What is the most necessary skill or character set that you would demonstrate now to get through this? Hmm.
1: I think you're taking discipline, which I liked, actually. Probably you take that. So I take... uh, I'll choose a different one. Go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) Well, either discipline or tenacity. I mean, or or focus. It's more like... One word, Brian. I know, sorry. Um, focus.
3: (laughs) Focus. 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 My turn. Yes, your turn. Oh gosh, I, I will look. Let's. I'll stick with discipline. Yeah, because I think it's super important. I think you need to have the, the, the courage to actually say no to things and, and just focus on your business and create the right, you know, the financial balance uh, yeah. to make your business work.
2: Jane I'm not sure if that's even the right word but I would say unity so unite the team unite the company to then in a very disciplined manner focus on what's needed okay well my word is kindness and not in the softy
0: softy way but kindness builds lifelong relationships and in Tough times, you need to be able to call on any relationship you've ever built in your life, and I think kindness is a
1: great one. Kindness, all right. What a great way to uh, to end this podcast with kindness. Live from Money 2020 in 2022. Very strange, actually, Absolutely. but it uh, was a wonderful podcast. Thank you, Jane. Thank you, Anand Thank you, Connie, and thank you, listeners, for listening to Finta Cappuccino.
0: Absolutely. And if you'd like more cups of Finta Cappuccino, come and join us every other Saturday and. Uh, uh, in whatever app you use to listen to your podcast, find Fintech Cappuccino, and we look forward to having a cup of coffee with you soon. Thank, Thank you. you.
1: Bye bye.